If you are in the 81% of aspiring authors out there, stop aspiring and start writing with Readsy. Readsy allows indie authors to find and work with the best publishing professionals, from developmental editors to book cover designers to publicists. Just sign up for an author profile, browse the extensive marketplace of professionals, find the best fit for your project, and set a collaboration in motion. And with built-in contracts, protection, and mediation from Readsy, finding qualified freelancers, editors, designers, and marketers as a self-published author just got a lot easier. Go to readsy.com today to sign up and set your first collaboration in motion. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com. Oh no, that's a great term. That was it was laziness. I still don't really understand how I do it. To be told exactly what to write, I kind of gave up. That sort of story is inspirational to a lot of wannabe writers out there who feel they have a book in them but are living a totally different life at the moment. It spoke to me to be away from a cookie cutter sort of, that's a terrible word. I started working on writing as escapist. Taking a book the whole nine yards, from an idea in your head to words on a page, from a scribble on a napkin to a listing on Amazon, that's easier said than done. But it's also easier than you'd think. I'm your host, Casimir M. Stone, and this is Readsy's Best Seller, the podcast demystifying the process of self-publishing a book for aspiring novelists everywhere, one episode at a time. This is our Season 3 Prologue, Amateur Hour. When you hear the word amateur, what do you think? Let me guess, it's not good. You're probably thinking of the opposite of professional a person who engages in a pursuit on an unpaid basis rather than as a job, which is fair enough. That's quite literally the definition of the word. You might even be thinking about a name you were called at some point in your life when someone wanted to make you feel like you didn't quite measure up. That is, unfortunately, relatable to many of us. And even if you just think of it as a colloquial term for someone younger, inexperienced, naive, perhaps, or innocent, One thing is certain, it's not a compliment. Ironic when you consider the root of the word. The modern meaning and its positioning opposite the glowing term professional only came about in 1786, used to denote patrons of the arts, often wealthy ones, who took on a pretentious affect when talking about their passion, but were deemed by aficionados to not really know what they were talking about. Before that, it simply meant someone who has a taste for the arts, but does not practice them, with no negative connotations implied. But if you push back even further to the 16th century, the French word amateur, rooted in the old French amour, simply meant one who loves. Hardly an insult. In fact, by that definition, being an amateur should be a prerequisite before anyone ever opens a book to read, or an empty document to write. In perhaps the most famous writing manual ever written, Stephen King famously said, amateurs sit and wait for inspiration, the rest of us just get up and go to work. Last season, we put this hypothesis to the test, following a decades-long journey of uncovering just how much it takes to turn your writing dream job into a profitable career. Sometimes, however, inspiration can't be measured in paychecks and tax forms, or in misleading labels such as professional or amateur. I actually kind of told my third grade teacher off a little bit. Um, We were writing 
stories. And mine was about a girl who, whatever she wrote down in the special journal, it came true. And so the title was called Anything I Want or something like that. And I had I had stylized it so it looked like it was it you know a strike through. Mm-hmm. Like she'd learned her lesson, you know, you can't have anything you want. And so uh, my teacher came up and she saw the title and she goes, No, I don't think you understand. That's not how you do titles. And I said, Well, no, I don't think you understand my story because this makes sense for my story. <laughs> and I got kind of mad at her for telling me what to do and she just didn't understand, you know? That's Tara Holiday. These days, she's anything but an amateur. I write by the name of T.M. Holiday. My name is Tara Holiday. I am an author of young adult speculative fiction or urban fantasy or contemporary fantasy. I don't know. They keep changing the title like every six months, I swear. Tara, also known as T.M. Holiday, is the author of the best-selling Candy and Airs series. Since its publication in summer of 2016, Tara's debut novel, Hiding Halo, hasn't left the Amazon bestsellers top 100 chart for its genre, and it birthed an equally successful sequel, Halo Hunted, with a third in the trilogy in the works. But Tara would be the first to tell you that just a few years ago, a writing career wasn't exactly visible on the horizon. I started writing in college, and it just kind of went from there. It was escapist writing. I didn't intend to ever publish. It was just for myself. In fact, for a while there, Tara wasn't interested in a career in the traditional sense at all. I kind of, I when I went to college, I didn't... Um, I didn't go into writing. I actually, my undergrad was in music because I also really wanted to be a mom. And so I wanted to get a degree in music and have that background so I could charge more for piano lessons and be a (laughs) piano teacher from home because I thought that was a really great mom job. To some, an amateur approach to writing might sound doomed to fail, but having a more youthful, inexperienced perspective can actually be a benefit. In truth, when it comes to writing for young adults, it's a necessity. They'll see right through the BS, like, real fast. Certain YA books have aged poorly because of this, such as Beatrice Sparks' Go Ask Alice, a novel billed in 1973 as the genuine diary of a troubled teen, but eventually revealed to be written by an adult intended as an improbable cautionary tale in which the titular diarist experiments with smoking one day and becomes a heroin junkie the next. Worse yet, countless pandering YA novels have likely never even seen the light of day. Young adults want to read something that resonates with their lives, not something written by a real adult telling them what not to do. I try very hard not to give blatant, open um, life advice. I don't know. I I try not to preach. Mm -hmm. Right? Because kids don't want to read a book where they're being preached at. And I don't (laughs) want to write a book (laughs) preaching at kids. And so I just want to write a book about finding courage and being brave and standing up for you whatever you believe in and whatever you believe in is whatever you believe in you know i'm not going to tell you what to believe when tara first started writing there were elements of her approach that even she would admit were amateur or perhaps even immature i don't know maybe when i wrote my first book i was just immature enough to make it sound like a teenager (laughs) take for example her relationship with teachers 
Like any teenager, teachers have always played an important role in Tara's journey toward writing, whether that meant teachers she loved. I had a lot of teachers that inspired me, actually. Um, you know, I had teachers pull me aside and tell me that I, that I had something and that I needed to keep working on it and developing it. It gave me confidence with writing, but it was also like, well, don't push me into writing. Well, maybe I want to do something else. You know? <laughs> or in some cases, teachers she did not love. There was one teacher that I swear I lost IQ points in his class. <laughs> he was not um, a good teacher for me oh, yeah. at all. What was it about that class that didn't resonate with you? Oh, it was bad. It was, we would come in and he's like, okay, today we're going to write a persuasive paper and here is your first paragraph. And he would write out the entire first paragraph on the whiteboard. And it was a terrible first paragraph. You know, it was just straightforward, blah, 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 because of these three things. Number one, number, you know, it was just, oh, oh I hated that. Class. Anyway. <laughs> so do you feel that like writing within like a formula like that really stifles your creativity? Yes. I, if you ask my parents, I kind of rebel against uh, anything that's kind of cookie cutter or anything that people push me into. I've always kind of been that way. Yet today, many years later, Tara has evidently struck the perfect balance of writing like an amateur with the precision of a pro. I've, I've gotten a lot of feedback from adults that say, even though this is written for teenagers, I can relate to the main character and I like I'm I'm in this story with her. And I think a lot of that has to do with you can write from the perspective of a teenager without being a whiny entitled teenager. That prompts the simple question, how? Like that sounds super harsh. Sorry kids. Um, <laughs> but you can make it you can make somebody immature in the in the way that they've seen the world because of their circumstances and how they process those circumstances without making them a stereotypical teenager. Because a 14-year-old a who reads something that's super cliche, stereotypical teenager dialogue and inner monologue, they're not going to enjoy that, you know? I would think they'd be offended, you know? There's a way to do it without being, a, you know, a 30-year-old adult that's trying to write that doesn't remember what it was like to be a teenager. A lot of times teenagers, when they're showing that stereotype of being a teenager, I think it's a mask for them. And I don't think their inner thought process reflect that way that they act a lot of the time. And so in the book, there's, there's dialogue or things that she says that sound like a, a teenager. But then her inner thoughts are her processing this. And I think when they read that, they can see a comment that an adult could take as a, oh, she's just being a teenager. But when you feel, when you get to read the thoughts behind that comment and why they said that comment, it, it helps. But that success for Tara was still a few years and mistakes down the line. Eventually, she did follow a typical professional path. My husband and I noticed that all of our friends around us and people we knew that were getting married, um, the wife stopped going to school. And I was a really lazy high school student. 
(laughs) (laughs) And we were both kind of worried that I would succumb to the suburban housewife and, and stop going to school. And I just leapt at the opportunity to, to do school as an adventure. It just wasn't initially a path toward writing. So I went into music. I got kind of a hippie degree, world music and composition, <laughs> and I loved it. I was in a Caribbean steel pan band for a while. Um, in the past, music had always been my creative outlet. And so when I was working on my music degree, even though it was fulfilling, um, it was now homework and, and projects. And so it kind of took some of the fun out of it. And so I started writing this story um, as just a creative escapist outlet. So it was exactly what I wanted to write, how I wanted to write it. It was only for me. There weren't any standards set by any professors for it. It was just escapist writing. Writing found Tara, naturally, befitting her eventual profession, best-selling author. But at first, writing for her was little more than something we all need sometimes, an escape. We went to college up on the North Shore of Oahu in Hawaii. And uh, one time we were walking around this beautiful Buddhist temple and they have these koi ponds outside. And then that week I had a composition assignment um, from one of my professors and I didn't really want to work on that assignment. And so I couldn't get these images of the fish out of my head. And then it kind of evolved from one thought to another, to another, to another. And then pretty soon I had this story in my head about um, these people that could manipulate ocean water. And I was, I had almost plotted out the whole story until I realized, well, these are kind of like mermaids. And so I kind of went with that. And then uh, later that summer, we went to San Diego with my in-laws. And I don't remember what the tension was about, but there was some serious family tension. And I am definitely non-confrontational. And I didn't really know how to handle it. And I was young. I was probably like 22 or something. And I uh, (laughs) escaped. And so I went to the beach with a notebook. And I spent the whole time on that vacation, any chance I could, finishing this story because I had no idea how to handle uh, family tension. So, escapist (laughs) writing again. Yes, in our lives, we all need to escape sometimes, whether that means diving into the latest YA bestseller on the beach or the beautiful blue waters of Hawaii. I expect this is something that young adults especially relate to. Who hasn't blown off a boring composition assignment to write something a little more interesting or desperately procrastinated for any excuse not to do their homework? I know Tara certainly has. I wrote it for me, Mm -hmm. and I was going to be the only person who would ever read it, and it was just something that I did to escape um, the everyday responsibilities of life. Mm-hmm. And I finished it while I was working on um, my master's degree. I have a master's in uh, public policy. And <clears throat> I didn't want to write papers <laughs> necessarily sometimes. I remember I was writing this paper called The Economic Policies of Illinois. 
Oh. And nobody wants to write that paper, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. nobody wants to write that paper. And I was buried in research material for this. And it was due at midnight. It was like nine o'clock. And I remember seeing this icon on my screen of this old story that I had started in college called Halo. And I was like, you know what? I'd rather work on that. Tara, remember, was still in school when she first started work on Hiding Halo, so her days of showing up late to class and falling asleep during boring lectures were still fresh on her mind. That's not to say you have to be a young adult yourself to appeal to YA audiences. Many of the best authors aren't, and it wasn't until many years that Tara actually published her debut novel. But it certainly didn't hurt. Still, in order to become a best-selling author, and to release a bestseller, every amateur eventually goes pro. Well, when I was a kid, my dad and I, we watched a movie. Mm-hmm. And I don't even remember what the movie was about. I just remember there was a, a teenager and an adult. And the adult was inspiring the teenager to, to be better and to do something with his life or something like that. And after the movie, my dad pulled me aside and kind of gave me this really inspiring but kind of subdued um, speech about how not everybody in life gets a chance to make a difference or to do something or to do what they want to do and be good at it. Mm-hmm. And that he thought that I had the potential to to be good and to do something with my talents. <clears throat> and so I had always interpreted that as music, but then um, – when I wrote, when I started writing just for fun and then when I started writing the story and then getting feedback from my other professors about my writing, um, I started to think, well, maybe this is a talent. In our latest addendum episode, number six, we skimmed the surface of the genres, trends, expectations, perspectives, and even political climates that go into navigating the waters of writing a young adult series. Tara Holiday, befitting her preferred mode of escape, dove right in. But once immersed, she found that the waters of YA weren't quite as serene as the koi pond outside a Buddhist temple or the coasts of San Diego or the north shore of Oahu that inspired her novel. In fact, sometimes trying to escape reality brings you face to face with the harshest realities of all. Um, it's about a girl. She lives with her brother um, and her grandfather. And she is one of the people who can manipulate ocean currents. And so she lives in San Diego. She's kind of hiding among the humans and she goes to high school and things like that. And she eventually finds out that she's not who she thought she was. And there's this big fate set in front of her and this path that she's supposed to follow that this tradition that's been going on for a thousand years and she doesn't want to do it. And so... At first, she kind of feels like she doesn't have a choice, and she kind of goes with um, where she's being directed, and eventually she kind of figures out how to take fate into her own hands. And that's a story anyone can relate to. It sounds like pretty much the whole story, uh, at least in its earliest stages, came about on the beach. Was there like... um, I guess some escapist parallels there. You know, you're you're writing this to get away, but you're also going to pretty much like the most stereotypical um, 
place that people run to to escape from their you know responsibilities i never even thought about that yeah yeah there you go and ironically the story is about a girl trying to escape uh fate (laughs) (laughs) well there you go Brought to you by Readsy, this is Best Seller. Over the course of this season, we'll follow an indie author's journey from start to finish in five chapters, exploring each step it takes to turn the escapist world of your dreams into a bona fide young adult series. Next up is season three, chapter one, Like Magic. This episode was written, hosted, and produced by me, Casimir M. Stone. If you liked it, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Our guest this season is Tara Holiday, aka TM Holiday, author of the Candian Airs series. You can purchase her books on Amazon or on her website at tmholiday.com. That's T M H O L L A D A Y.com. And you can follow her on Instagram or Twitter at TM Holiday. This podcast, like so many self-published books out there, is made possible by Readsy, a marketplace that connects indie authors with the tools that traditional publishing houses would usually provide, such as editors, book cover designers, and publicists. You can learn more about Readsy on Instagram at Readsy underscore HQ, on Twitter at Readsy HQ, or online at R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com.